Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, and it's just me. If you're in the cereal aisle, it's oops all muscles. So, Mozzie got called into work early because it's that time of year where restaurants are uh, just absurdly, stupidly busy. So, I am taking this one solo. He got his picks in game-wise, so I can at least share that of his from his wonderful brain, but I'm going to get right into it. So, Sunday games. We already covered the Thursday and Saturday ones in our last episode. And uh, those are happening right now anyway. So Philly at Chicago leads us off. We both have Philly. I think we're going to get the over, but I've got Philly covering um, the 8.5, and and I'm thinking over the 48.5. The Eagles should do a lot of the heavy lifting here. Chicago's defense is poo-poo, and Vildor is questionable. So if he's out again, that makes it even worse. And their run D's just been really bad too. So I don't know if they've got anyone to remotely try to stop Philly. For Chicago... Claypool's out now, too, and Moody's out, but they've shown enough capability just between Fields' is running, and then Montgomery's running, too, just to run game in general, that they can keep things going. So I think they can at least put up enough to get the over. Now, with Fields, the, the big question here, I think, is Fields, like, what do you do with him in season long? I'm still playing him just because I think the rushing should still be there. I mean, you're looking at, I'm not going to guarantee 70 yards at a touchdown, but like, there's a good chance he gets you 70 yards and or a touchdown on the ground. So, it's it's pretty, he's a pretty safe option there. So, it's, if you've got, like, him or, I'm trying to think, like, Lawrence, that's actually a pretty tough one. Or, like, Field, I think Fields or Dak is probably a really close call. And I think I might lean Dak this week. But that, that seems like a realistic situation where, like, if you had Fields later after drafting Dak early or something, but... Odds are, if you've got Fields, you probably don't have a better option. So, I'm still going to roll them out. And, yeah, and everyone from Philly is in play here. And Goddard might be back, so that's kind of interesting. And um, Philly is missing their free safety, so that kind of helps, I think, Fields a little bit, too, in his running endeavors, potentially. Next up is Detroit at the Jets. We're both taking Detroit because the Jets have to start Zach Wilson. And, listen, as bad as he might be this year, or in general... I think he's an okay stream here because the Lions' pass D has been so bad. And then their rush defense, while good against running backs, has allowed a lot of production to quarterback rushing. So I think your hope is he runs for 50, 60 yards and a touchdown and passes for a touchdown. And you get there, you know, 20 fantasy points, whatever-ish from, from that for streaming, which could get it done. So I don't hate him actually as a quarterback option, despite him. Um, <laughs> I do think Garrett Wilson's still in play. We saw Zach target a little more, and the matchup's just so soft that it's... I feel like there won't be a lot of teams where there are better options now. DFS-wise, it's a different story, but I think, I think you know, season-long, Wilson's still okay. And that he, he, showed, he showed an affinity for Conklin, too, for what it's worth there, with how bad tight end is and his DFS price that might be worth going to. But on the line side, we found out recently that Justin Jackson has been... Um, 
listed as questionable with an illness. So if he sits, this makes it even more of a boost for Jamal Williams, who benefits a lot from potentially better game script if it's Wilson. And again, the injury there with Justin Jackson potentially being sick. And then um, on the other side, the big one is Quinton Williams. He is questionable, but I think he sits based on how he went out last game. So his, he's, I mean, him being out would be a big knock to the Rundy for sure. It's not, this is not a, um, an obvious one. And I think with the bangers, sometimes it's nice to point out guys who we think have a ceiling, but aren't obvious. And I think Jamal Williams fills in that category because he does have those ceiling outcomes of two or three touchdowns in a game. And I think this is a spot where even though the matchup looks tough and that probably isn't still easy, I think the game script and a key piece missing on the Jets D, uh, could be huge. And then I do also want to add that Corey Davis is out too. And Lamarcus Joyner is questionable as well. So Corey being out also kind of adds to Garrett Wilson and maybe Conklin a bit as well. Next up, we have Dallas at Jacksonville. We both have Dallas. And I forgot to write in the total in this game, but I think it was like 45 or something. So I'm taking the over. And Dallas is a four-point favorite. That sounds about right. But if you made me pick, if you made me pick a side of that, I'd probably take Dallas to cover. Oh, no, the total is 48. That's a lot higher than I thought I remembered it was. Oh, well, so 48. I'm still going to take the over, though, because I think these teams match up pretty well against each other. And C.D. Lamb, especially, he is my uh, wide receiver banger of the week here. We haven't seen amazing outings from him lately, but he is an amazing player. So, yeah, Jacksonville is a pass funnel, and I want to attack that. Now, Gallup is still fine option, too. He's more of the stream territory, but I should probably attack as a banger, too. But I, I really like Dak to C.D. this week. And if from the running backs there they're both always in play i think just because of how they both stay involved and they play different enough roles that they while they eat into each other's fantasy production they don't eat into each other's roles so it's not like a coin flip of who's good it's just like oh which role is more valuable this week and i think this week where dallas is favored but the game should be high scoring both are options now i do prefer pollard here a little bit just because if the game does turn into a race like pollard i think benefits a bit more but Zeke is Zeke's been really awesome this year, and like at least since he's come back from injury, and I think this got a little understated. So he's a really good runner. He doesn't have the explosiveness Pollard has. Pollard's a better receiver at this point now, so I'm conceding that. But I, Zeke's running abilities, especially you know those inside runs, he's so good at that still. And it, yeah, he's just got that technique down. So I'm in the league where I'm phases of playing both, and I'm probably doing it. Good old dynasty leagues. Um, but anyway. Trevor Lawrence here. He I have him as a stream. I think he makes a lot of sense here because they're going to need to keep up. And so Trayvon Diggs is going to be matched up with, I presume, Zay Jones, but probably Mix. And then Christian Kirk will get a lot of slot work where they're a lot easier to attack. So that's why Christian Kirk is my favorite. And then ETN, I didn't write him in here. I think he is going to have a lot easier time this week because Dallas's run D is it a strength. Like it's, I don't, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just fine. And in the NFL, if it's fine, if it's average, like it's kind of a wash. So I, I expect it him not since he's not going up a real, I guess a really shitty matchup this week. I think he'll be uh, all good and potentially like pretty solid if the receptions end up there as well. I also want to add the injuries here. We have some for Jacksonville uh, Walker, Trayvon Walker's question, but he's probably sitting. And then Muma, their linebacker was out last week and he's questionable. If he's out, that boosts the running back, especially Zeke, a little bit more because their run D was a lot worse without him. And then for Dallas, Armstrong is questionable. 
Next up, we've got Kansas City at Houston. We've got Kansas City. I'm not expecting a Dallas-esque game here. The total is 49.5, with most of that being done by Kansas City with a 14-point spread. So, injury-wise, there's still no Mecole. Tony's questionable. Chris Jones is questionable. For the Texans, we've got so many, so many injuries. Um, we have Damian Pierce, Nico Collins, and Brandon Cooks out on offense, along with Kenyon Green, their guard. And then on defense, Steven Nelson and Derek Stingley are out. So... They've got no secondary left, which was a strength. And then all of their offensive pieces are out. So with that, <laughs> I did write Chris, I forgot to write Chris Moore in here, but he's been kind of the beneficiary of a lot of it. But Amari Rodgers and Philip Dorsett are also on the field. They are options if desperate in either season long or dumpster diving in DFS. But Chris Moore has kind of shown he's been he's going to be the guy, I guess. I also want to bring up the running backs with Burke and Dare Gungawale. Uh, Burke as in Burkehead. He's going to be the Damian Pierce, but he they've also used him in pass catching stuff. So I think he'll still have some role there. But if they, well, I should say almost when, if slash when they get super behind, Dare has kind of been on for third down, hurry up stuff a bit lately. So he, I think if you are in a full PPR league or a if you're playing on DraftKings, I think Dare is in play. But I like on the other side, the Kansas City running back in Pacheco. It's a tough one with him or McKinnon because McKinnon has looked good and he's a he's a great fit for this offense, but this is a pretty good game script for Pacheco to get going against a team that struggles to tackle. I can I'm pulling up my Excel sheet right now, but I believe they have the most McTennis tackles per game in the league. Alright, let me sort this. Defensive missed tackles per game, largest to smallest. Um ah, oh, they're they're seventh. Worse is actually um Oh, no, actually, no, they're only 10th. They're only 10th worst. That's, yeah, a little bit unexpected. So, worst is actually Denver, hilariously. They just have no life. I think, I don't think it's them being bad. I think Denver is just on the field so much that the volume of missed tackles. <laughs> I think it should be like missed tackles per opponent rush attempt. I'm going to try to find that and see where it comes in because that would be a little more applicable, uh, applicable on that side. So, yeah, Pacheco should have a wonderful game script here. He gets a really soft matchup. So,. I like him. I'm playing him over Najee Harris this week in um, my league where I have both, just for context. And then Kelsey. I, I guess I could have put the receivers in here too. I just, just Kelsey just hasn't absolutely smashed in a bit, and this is just the cakeest matchup you can get in general on a defense. But with all the corners out, like it might honestly be more of like a juju or, God forbid, a fucking MVS week. So, again, you can play anyone from Kansas City with this. But just keep in mind that there is the potential, like, of no fourth quarter but again we thought about that with dallas and it didn't come into fruition so i'm not gonna toss it out there too intensely next up we have atlanta at new orleans and i hate this so much with all of my heart <sighs> i don't think desmond ritter's good but i hope i'm wrong and i hope he's good but it's also his first start the saints aren't an amazing defense they're not a terrible defense they've got a lot of questionables that think matter like zach bond and uh, War Fred Werner, Werner, whatever, Pete, oh, so Pete Werner, and then Fred Werner. Okay, so New Orleans has Pete Werner, Lattimore, and um, Troutman questionable, as is Juwan. So that could be an interesting situation with their tight ends. If one plays and one doesn't, that could be a nice lookout. Especially if it's Juwan playing and Troutman out, Juwan makes a great option, I think. But the other guy on the Saints who is sometimes tight end eligible is Taysom Hill, and he, he crushes the Falcons, the Falcons just never have an answer for him, so he's definitely in play. But the Saints I like the most are Kamara and Olave. 
this if you have Kamara and you're in the playoffs, whether you had him and survived or traded for him, he has like I think he gets this and then like Cleveland next week. I forget who it is next week, but he has a really easy matchup next week too. So yeah, this is what you're hoping for. So you've been waiting for you've been waiting for this Atlanta matchup for him to just go nuts and carry your team. I also think Olave is in a good spot here. It's pretty much only AJ Terrell in the secondary left, and they should have plenty of time. Atlanta gets no pressure. So New Orleans should have actually time to air it out to Olave. On the Atlanta side, the only player I really want to maybe dabble in is Cordero Patterson, just because I expect him to kind of lead on him some in the run game in general with Ritter in there. Now, I don't want to... Okay. I do not advise streaming Ritter or playing Ritter this week, but he might have rushing value. So there's been a lot of quarterback injuries this week, and if you're in a super flex league where you need him, like... You know, you could end up with like 15 and be fine, but he's low on my list of guys I'd want to start. He and Zach Wilson, I think, are kind of close. I'd maybe pick Zach Wilson here in that just because, just slightly, because I think there's a better chance that like we get more plays out of that game from Zach Wilson. So that'd be my lead, but it's tough. It's not ideal. Ideally, you don't have to play Falcon here. And we both had New Orleans for now, by the way, but not exciting. I think it might go under the 43 and a half. Not super confident, but that's kind of my lean. Speaking of unders, we've got Pittsburgh and Carolina up next. We'll have Carolina because Mitch Trubisky is playing. Yep. Pickett's out. So I've got the under here. It's only 37, but oh, 37 and a half. Oh, pff, that, that extra half point for sure. Give me that under. Um, Carolina is here by three here. So I think the Carolina running backs are both in play, but the tough part is it's been a split enough that you can't rely on it just being Foreman ramming it the whole time. So ideally, 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 you don't have to play anyone from this game. If you need to play DJ more because he's expected to be in, that's fine. But hopefully you can just avoid this game. The main thing I think is just my pick to win is Carolina. Um, I guess maybe... I don't even know like who's going to prefer at this point in this matchup of Friar move Pickens and Deontay just because of how I think inept this game. Like neither team's going to be pushed to pass much, I don't think. And maybe that maybe I should rethink Najee a little bit. I think Najee's okay, but like Jalen Warren gets involved enough that it's just it's just a bad time. Let me look at the targets last week for Pittsburgh. So okay, yeah, Mitch targets Deontay the most. That had kind of been it. So I guess Deontay would be my favorite stealer if you're making me pick. But I hope I don't have to pick. Next up, another one I don't want to pick is New England at Vegas. So my lean was to pick New England because Bill Belichick always beats his former assistant coaches. It's pretty much how it works. Um, but there's a lot of injuries for New England. Damon Harris is out. Ramondre is questionable. And I think he sits, but I could be wrong. Devontae Parker's out. They should have Jacoby Myers back, and then uh, Jalen Mills and Isaiah Winter out, and Jack Jones and Kajust, whatever, are questionable. Then for the Raiders, their guard Bars is out. Rocky Sin's out, but he's been terrible. And then Billings, Illuminor, and Perriman are all questionable. Then Josh Jacobs is questionable, but I think he goes because that's kind of been the case all year with him being questionable and playing. So the Raiders' defense is terrible. It is so bad. And if Ramondre sits like I think he does, then... Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong are both in play. If Ramondre plays, I'm, I'd be a little concerned just about his health in general, but he'd, it, it, you'd have to for sure consider him. But I don't think we get that news until 
an hour and a half before this game just because I if he's questionable right now I don't think Bill's gonna give us much more um so yeah the healthy New England running back is who I wrote in here and then Devontae should crush as well I think he's really good yeah the page the Patriots run has been solid but they've not had like a hugely tough schedule the Patriots schedule has been kind of cake we all know that but they're still solid on defense but I think this this matchup for them is like New England versus the Raiders defense like it's a cake defense matchup for them so I expect them to want to run it a lot which does potentially hurt Devontae play-wise but he's a lot better than everyone the Patriots have left because especially if Jack Jones sits and like Jalen Mills is out so the matchup gets pretty easy for him potentially um with this the over-under is 45 spreads one and a half Vegas is favored um so I think there's two ways this goes either it goes over and the Raiders pull it out or it goes under because the Patriots run the whole time and Bill kind of crushes his crony so I think if I'm being forced to say right now I'll say New England but this is a tough one as is evidenced by the one of the tighter spreads on the day but if I don't say anything else I don't if I don't change this doc I'm going to England but the the confidence is kind of low next up oh man <laughs> Arizona at Denver this game's fucking terrible um the total is 36 and a half I'm gonna say under Denver's favored by one and a half so obviously Kyler Murray's out but we've also got Allen uh and I think it's Zach Allen yeah and then uh Byron Murphy out Hamilton is questionable and I think he probably sits and that's really tough because he's actually Murphy's backup on the depth chart so they'd be out even more corners um and then Marco Wilson safety I believe and uh Lyman Coward are questionable and then Hollywood's questionable technically with an illness but I think he's gonna go and then <laughs> on the Denver side uh Sutton Russ and Hitton are all out DJ Jones is questionable I Jermont Jones was questionable but they literally like just put him on the IR so yeah he's gonna be out him being out is uh, a big hurt to the run D and especially if DJ misses I'm gonna really like James Conner here I think he's already in potential banger territory with just the game script and potentially the matchup easing up more and more so I like him a good amount here actually he's not gonna he probably won't pop in projections I'll take a look but it's the, I mean okay the Cardinals did they drop off when they go to McCoy yes but it's not so terrible that their offense just turns to total shit it like it's 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 worse but it's not total garbage so and he'll pass to, to James Cotter's the thing and they still have enough talent on the offense elsewhere so right, I'm trying to find the James Conner projection so I'm seeing the DraftKings 18 eh, it's actually projecting okay maybe other people are onto this too but I think it's a fine option for saying him or Kamara I'm a dick Kamara but James Conner is definitely a solid choice this week I think on the Denver side it's pretty much just Greg and Judy left to throw too. <laughs> so, and the matchup too, tight ends against Arizona. So Greg Dolchich, I think is actually a solid choice here. And then I don't know if we've gotten much really of, uh, I don't really like, I don't know if we got any ripping to uh, Dolchich action when he was in briefly, but he did, he did target Jerry Judy. So he ripping was our week seven starter. So let's check out week seven targets. So yeah, Jerry Judy got 11. Um, Dolchich, uh, oh no, he was in. He got nine. So, yeah, those are my two, and that's gonna be it, I think. I mean, I guess, I guess Latavius Murray's fine. Him or Marlon Mack, I guess. Right. Mm, I guess in the same vein of game script, maybe. But 
Nah, it's gross. Hopefully, you don't have to go there. Please don't have to go there. Yeah. I think I took Latavius just because of the touches, but oof, oof, yeah. Ideally, neither. Next up, and I guess all I gotta pick, fuck. Do I have to pick? Do I have? Do I have to pick? Can I say a tie? Is that allowed? No, probably shouldn't. I'm gonna say Arizona here, but I don't feel good. If you watch this game, you're not gonna feel good. No one feels good about this game. This game shouldn't happen. We can just call it a tie and move on. But so let's move on to uh, Cincinnati at Tampa. We both have Cincy here. I think we'll see the over. Uh, Cincinnati's favored by three and a half. So Tampa's issues. A lot of it's come from their own line play and pressure. I don't know if they'll have worse. So I guess I'll go through the injuries first. So Tampa's injuries, uh, Jamel Dean, Evita Vera out. And then, then questionable, we've got Julio, worse, Winfield, Sean Murphy, Buffett, Sean Murphy, Bunting. <laughs> there we go. And Joe Tryon, Dro Tryon, Shoinka. A lot of guys questionable, but potential helps get some of those questionable guys back. But, you know, Vita Vang being out is a big knock to the run D and then Jamel Dean pretty good so not having him hurt them a lot in the in the past game and then for the Bengals it looks like the lab T Higgins and Boyd but Hayden Hurst is out and then Hendrickson is out so that hurts the pass rush and then Hilton and his backup Davis are out so we may see some Dax Hill at this point which would be interesting so with this I was kind of torn on Mevins or Godwin I think I'm I think I'm Mevins now but I found with either they'll finally have time which has been <laughs> the whole issue getting Mevins online, so I, I think this might finally be our Mevins week. I, of course, like Chase. Chase is amazing. He's a stud. He's way better than anyone they're going to throw at him, and he's healthiest like at this point, which is kind of, you know, he just came off a long absence, but with uh, with T. Higgins having the hammy issue, I'm a little worried about him. Boyd's is a little more straightforward just because, okay, if his finger's fine, his finger's fine, but my lane is going to be Chase of all of them, and I th- the run defense is, is tough, but with some of these guys up front out or hurting, I think it makes it a bit easier on the run game. But I don't know if we're going to keep seeing a split with Mixon and P. Ryan or if that was easy mixing back in a bit. Probably some of both. So I don't know if this would be my week to go back to Mixon per se, but he's not hes not terrible, I don't think. My interest, though, is in the pass game and the over and potentially a stack here. I'd really, really have some interest in game stack of this game involving Chase and Mevins and then Godwin or whoever else you want, or maybe just do a mini stack of Chase and Mevins and call it there, and you can stack something else. Uh, like our next game in Tennessee, the Chargers. We both have the Chargers. I've got the over. The Chargers could put up just a metric shit ton of points here. They're favored by three. Tennessee defense is so dead. They're missing this week. They're going to be missing Hooker, Avery, Autry, and Fulton, and then also, of course, the guys on the IR are all gone. Are all gone. And then on offense, Hilliard and Burks are out. And then the Chargers. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day is questionable, and then they probably don't have Durbin Janes. So Tennessee looked pretty worn down last week, and they are worn down. <laughs> so it's it's the Derrick Henry show here, though, with, with the Chargers' run defense. And with how limited the passing tree is now, I think Robert Woods and um, I'm just going to call him Chig, Chiggy, like Chiggy, 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 can't you see? And then Mozzie had some wonderful stuff, too. Let me try to find that with, uh, with Chig. But anyway, those two. I think it's like Chikizume Okonkwo. I'm not looking at it right now, so I can't pronounce it. But everyone's just going to call him Chig because that's easiest to type and say. So anyway, he, yeah, he and Woods, I think, are both options. And we saw with Burks out, Chig get a lot of work. So yeah, <laughs> Mozzie's was the Chiggy, Chiggy, Chiggy. Can't you see? Sometimes you're going to catch some TDs. 
and that's what he did. He almost had another last week. Um, but yes, the, the uh, Chargers passing game should crush Tennessee's pass funnel. We saw it last week against the, the Jags, and now it's the Chargers with Herbert, Mike Williams, and Keenan. And then I also am okay with Eckler, too. I know the Tennessee run defense has been tough, but the defense is just dying so fast. And Eckler's points aren't necessarily off from running anyway. So uh, Tennessee's going to find a way to keep up some, and the Chargers always play down. So I don't think it gets too out of hand, but I do think we see the over here and the Chargers pull this one out. Sunday night game, we have the Giants at Washington. We both have Washington. Injury-wise, the Giants are down Adoree Jackson and Shane Limo, Limux, whatever how you say that. I'm not French. Um, he's out. And then uh, Bellinger is questionable. And then McLeod, the corner, he's kind of Adoree's backup on the depth chart. He's questionable as well. And then Leonard Williams is questionable. So potential keys there with uh, McLeod and Williams. And then Richie James should be back, it looks like, despite his concussion. And then Washington, St. Juiced. Who's the juice day, juice, St. Juiced, and then uh, Chase Young are questionable. Chase Young, I've said this a billion times, but I think he actually has to come back this week. And it sounds like, it, it sounded like based on how things had been reported previously that this is the week he's back. So I think the Washington defense is in play, given how we rip we ripped Jack Del Rio apart early on because of how ass they were, but they really pulled it together. Like this defense should be this good. They shouldn't have been so bad. So they're actually pulling it together and how they should be playing. So pressure matchup wise, I believe they are in a pretty good spot. I mean, the Giants allow a lot of pressure and Daniel Jones, you know, welcomes a lot of pressure. Yeah. Worst pressure matchup here. Second is Chicago. Third's Denver. So, you know, some defenses to look at. That's, that's the one thing I always do, by the way, is I look at pressure matchups and anything like any O-line injuries for that because passing and, you know, pass, events on pass plays are pretty much how you get the defensive scores. Sacks, picks, you know, pick sixes. Obviously, you can get the fumbles, but those can often often come from sacks. So that's where I like to look at it. And, you know, if you're under pressure all day, it's going to be harder to get things going. Obviously, not being on runners, too. But you get, you get those really big ceiling games, you know, from your defense out of usually pressure-generated passing events. So, yeah, Washington D is a... I think a great option this week. I don't know about the best. Oh, the Colts are going to be the best. As we're seeing right now. Man. It's fucking brutal. What's the score right now? Is it still 36-7? 36-14. There we go, Lions. Or, not Lions. Fucking Vikings. They're playing like the old Lions. KJ Osborne is having himself a day, huh? It's really sad if you've got JT. That's just a big bummer. I'm just hoping we get some more from Justin Jefferson before this game ends. They've got a quarter to get 22 points. We'll, we'll see, Vikings. We'll see. But anyway, yes, back to this game. It's tough for Washington, at least outside of Terry for me, with the corner injuries. And So, okay, players versus opponent, I usually don't factor much, but in division, I think it matters some. Terry has kind of crushed the Giants, but there's reason to believe it continues given the corner injuries and just that the Giants, I don't think, are going to be able to get much pressure on them either. We're looking at our pressure matchups. Okay, you know what? I, I stand corrected. They might be under pressure some, but Terry is kind of the main number one. We did see Dotson get involved a lot more. So I do want to bring up his name just because he started super hot and kind of got forgotten. But snap count wise, he played 79% of the snaps last week. Because he came back from injury, played 41, then 66, 61, then 79. So he's getting back involved more. I obviously, 
obviously prefer Terry, but Dotson still got nine targets. It's a pretty tight band on receiver with 12 to Terry, seven to Curtis, nine to Dotson last week. Got four for Logan Thomas, and I think that kind of continues. Gibson will get involved, maybe a little bit of Brian Roth to sprinkle in, but receiver-wise, it's going to be a tight band of those three, I imagine, and it should be. So, yeah. Running back-wise, though, it's a solid matchup. You're hoping for a good game script for Brian Robinson, which I think we could get. It's been a pretty even split, which makes sense, given, you know, roles, archetypes, all that. So, if you're making me pick, I think I'm going Brian Robinson just because in a game, I think they win, and what's a good running matchup, and he... Has been, he got a lot of carries the last couple weeks. Oh, yeah, they just played the fucking Giants. That's right. And he did well. I don't see a reason that wouldn't continue. So, yeah. Actually, I didn't realize how close this was together. So, I normally don't like to like just copy-paste on some of that stuff. But where it was literally just before the bye, you can probably kind of assume some of it holds. So, the Giants side. I You don't... Okay, if you've got Barkley, you're playing Barkley. But, oof. It's tough to... To make myself want to play anybody from the Giants. Like, I'm not going to bench Barkley where I've got him because I don't, I don't have a better option. But he gets the ball so much and catches the ball enough that he's going to be better than a lot of options, especially median outcome-wise. If he breaks a long one, you know, he's got him. But it's a, it's a tough out here, I think. So, taking Washington, the total of 40 and a half seems about right. The spread of five is probably about right here. But it's a divisional game. So, especially in this division, it could get pretty messy pretty quickly. So... Uh, Terry last week, by the way, 12 targets, 8 catches, 105 yards shut down. Yep, he's a giant slayer. Lastly, we've got the Rams at Green Bay. We both have Green Bay here, 39.5 total, Green Bay favored by 7. Yeah, the Rams, we found out a little before our quarter that Copeland, Donald, and Long are out. Then Brian Allen's still questionable for the Packers, and that Bakhtiari's out. Mercedes Lewis, our, our long, long-time tight end friend of the show, he's questionable. But more importantly, Alton Jenkins is questionable. I would be more worried if the Rams cared right now. But they're all hurt and they don't care. So I still like Rodgers here. And then probably Aaron Jones and Watson with him because the running matchup softened up a lot with those defensive injuries. And they do have Romeo Dawes back, it looks like. But Watson has been on a tear. And as they continue to face bad secondaries, which the Rams have been this year, they've been a bad pass defense. I think Watson will continue to do well. Ah, it's kind of funny. And I've got... I've got a league where I've got to stream Rodgers this week. I do like him over over Wilson, of course. Um, I would take Fields over him, I guess, for where I'm sliding in Rodgers. I like him more than Huntley, who's about to play. That was a decision I had to make. So, yeah, I think I think I'll be fine. They should be. They should have a comfortable time this game, I believe. And that's usually when Rodgers does best. So, the Rams side though, I don't want to play any Rams. I think you can reasonably play acres if you really need a running back but baker seemed to have an affinity for skronic and tutu two two so tutu was like the pressure guy like whenever it was like really going to shit and like they need a short route tutu was the guy let me look in the, in the pressure here because their line's terrible but i don't think green bay is like a huge uh pressure generating team where did they go on my chart Why can I? okay yeah they're pretty low down, but I think that's more of a uh, of, of a Rams issue than a Packers issue. So the Rams, fourth most pressure allowed. Packers generate middle of the road, literally 16. So yeah, it's more of a Rams thing. With that, yeah, I mean, yeah, to do to do is an option. Skoranek, he seemed to have the most like um, chemistry with on that kind of like middle intermediate, and he I get seems like he trusted him to go like up for the balls. 
Um, Baker's never really been a tight end guy. We kind of saw it in Cleveland, and you no, know, with nothing to be here, I don't, I don't, I guess he didn't really have tight ends in Carolina, but I don't know. I'm not rushing to go to Higby here. I would rather take a shot on the receivers if I'm taking a shot on a pass catcher. Then Van Jefferson's the big play guy. With the matchup, I think we'll see a lot of Jair Alexander, so that makes it a little tougher. But ideally, again, ideally, no Rams. I'm digging into these because I feel, you know, obligated to kind of break the game down because that's what I'm fucking here to do. But my overarching breakdown is, you know, I really hope you don't have to go there. So, Yeah. Oh, that was quick. I kind of zoomed. I talked really fast. A lot of people speed up their podcasts. You probably won't have to do that for me here. I'll talk slower when it's me and Mozzie because I'm thinking, I'm responding, I'm realizing I'm in a conversation. Here, you're just kind of getting, um, not my ramblings per se, but I'm just going. So good thing Good thing. there's a 0.75 option if, if this is way too speedy. You might have to do a lot of rewinds. I have to do a lot when I listen to podcasts. A lot of rewinds. I get distracted easily. So... Yes, thank you all for tuning in. And hopefully, I'll be back next time with Mozzie. We have the Christmas slate of games next, so we'll have some kind of weird recording times. Might be broken up into two, we'll see. But thank you for tuning in. You can find us, well, you found us to listen to. But you can find us to read at mozzielandmuscle.com and on Twitter at Mozzie and Muscle. Thank you.